Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Today is Sunday, February 6, 2022, at 12.14 p.m. on a overcast and moderately weathered Central Florida day. So, the first thing I wanted to tell you, something very interesting happened to me this morning, and uh, it it brings me into a topic that I've mentioned many, many times before, but it's the topic of that you just never know who notices you, and you know, I'm a person, you would think by now that I would know that people notice me wherever I go, and I wouldn't be surprised by it. But I am constantly, you are listening to The Dave Fremlin Show. I wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to boot it up. Um, and so I, anyways, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay! A doctor, um, which I forgot what it is, right? You are listening to The Dave Fremlin Show. Yay. I guess we'll see what happens, right? I'm surprised that people notice me. And um, interestingly enough, and I'll go more into that later, but what happened to me this morning was I, um, it's kind of a kind of an interesting series of events, really. Uh, this morning, my friend called me up and she was telling me that she was listening to my podcast and she was, you know, asking me, gosh, you know, do you think it's really therapeutic for you? Because it sounds like you're really, you know, getting something full out of the po- at doing the podcast. And I said, well, you know, it's therapeutic for me to get up and talk about my experiences on a podcast. I said, but when you do radio or you do podcasting, you have to have a belief that somebody out there is listening to you. Otherwise, there's no reason to talk. And... If you have a belief that someone out there is listening to you, then you have to have a reason for what you're saying or why would anyone listen? And so I don't believe that I know more than anyone else or that I am smarter or anything. I don't have any of that. I believe that there are probably people out there that share experiences that I experience because I cannot possibly be the only human on earth out of 7 billion people I can't be the only one that's having these experiences. And I think that if I have found a way through it, that A, it helps me to solidify it by talking about it and putting it into words. But also I have a belief and I have a hope that somebody else out there who might be suffering, and I don't hope that you're suffering, believe me. What I hope is that you say, wow, that guy has an answer for the thing that I couldn't figure out. You know, And my answer isn't perfect and it might not work for you. But, you know, I have a belief that somewhere out there, because I got to my answer by listening to other people find their answer. Okay, that is the honest truth. And by watching people and, and being around people and experience, and trying, okay? And so the reason I do it is because I want to share the painful experience or positive experience that I have had to the person who is attracted to listening to it because either they are being entertained or they're making it. I don't care. You could be laughing your ass off at me for all I care. Maybe I'm very funny. I don't know. But maybe, just maybe, there's somebody out there 
who has restless legs or depression or has had problems with, you know, substance abuse or whatever, and they're getting a thing out of whatever I'm saying, they're going, oh, ding, 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 I'll try that. You know, that's all I, that's all I have a hope for. And if you don't, if I, okay, my therapist says AI, if I don't have a hope that somebody is listening, then I have no reason to be talking and it's stupid. So that's what, and you know, I worked in radio a little bit for a couple of years in a, a college radio. And the, one of the key things to being good on the radio is having a belief that somebody is listening to you. And so that said, I have mentioned this a million times before. And for whatever reason, and I'm not bragging because it's not always a positive thing. But for whatever reason, I am a person who is noticed. I'm noticeable. I don't know whether it's because I have a big wart on my nose. I don't know because I have falling out hair. Or maybe I'm really attractive. I don't really know. But I do know that people notice me even when I don't know that they're noticing me and when I'm not in control of being noticed. It's a big deal for me because every now and again, I'm caught by somebody saying, well, you know, da 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 I saw you this and that. And what this is a perfect example I'm going to give you right now. And you're going to go, oh, now I know what he's talking about. Because I have said this on a, probably every podcast that I can't help but being noticed. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. And But the point is I don't know. I never know. And you never know who's noticing you. And so and I'm not saying that you have to always be on guard. The point is that you can't always be on guard. And anybody, you know, like just I'm not trying to preach to anyone. But here's what happened. All right. I have been, as you know, going to Disney World frequently lately. I started around my birthday time. Uh, for multiple reasons, I find it very soothing to be there. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm probably not alone. There's a lot of people with annual passes, believe me. So anyways, long story short. Uh, there's a ride called the Ride of the Resistance. And it has been off and on opened, you know, when I've been there. And one day I was there and I went to the person who's at the front of the line, the, the, the gate person. And I was asking her questions about the ride and I was being all charming and everything. And I said, well, is it worth, you know, I said, it's been closed a lot. I said, because the line is always long or else there's never anyone here. And she said, well, you know, it's a brand new ride, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I guess, I said, she said, it's worth it if you really like Star Wars. You are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. And I, go, I like Star Wars. I like Disney. I like being at Disneyland. I'll try anything. And I was being very friendly and, and super cool. And I was like, okay, I'll go wait in line. And it was like a two-hour line, okay? And I'm like, I'll go, I'll go wait in line. No big deal. I like waiting in line. And she's like, you know what? You've been so nice and friendly and, you know, very charming and whatever. I'm going to just let you go into the lightning lane. Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody's names. I don't want anyone getting in trouble. But she said, just go in the lightning lane. You're here alone. You're being super charming and nice. And so, and that's literally what she said. And so I was like, me, really? Go? I, really? I'll wait in line? She said, no, 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 go, 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 go. And so I went up. I went end up in the front of the line. And so I didn't get to wait in the line. But anyways, which is not a complaint, but the interesting thing 
is that then I did the ride and I never, I thought about the ride again, but I never really thought about like people that might have noticed me. And um, today I'm at my gym and this ties in with what my friend and I talked about, about me having people listening because people are listening, whether I know it or not, and I can't control, you know, that's the, that's the point of also being noticed. I was born to be famous because I can't help but being noticed. So anyways, but so I'm at the gym today and I'm doing my exercises. I'm thinking I'm just not being noticed at all. And I noticed this girl looking at me, a woman, and she's pointing at me to take my headphones off. And I'm thinking, oh, she wants to use the machine. And so I'm trying to think in my head, how many sets do I have left? And she says, hey, uh, I was like about to tell her, oh, I have three sets left. She goes, hey, were you at Disney World like a few weeks ago? And I said, yeah. She goes, did you go on the ride of the resistance? I go, yeah, I did. And that was the day that I went on it right to the front of the line. I remember because I only went on it once. And that was that day. She goes, did you go on the ride of the resistance? And I go, yeah, I did. She goes, oh, I noticed you there. And I, I thought I recognized you from here. She said, oh, I told my friend Steve. And so she introduced me to her friend who also goes to my gym. His name is Steve. And she goes, yeah, we saw you there. And I go, well, you know, next time you, if you see me somewhere, say hi. My name is Dave. And it felt very cool and very neat. But what I went away with was I, A, first of all, did not know that I'm noticed at the gym enough to be noted, you know, that somebody would recognize me somewhere else out of context. Yeah, if I saw that person, I probably stood right next to her. Since I went right to the front of the line, they probably were like, oh, that's probably the person I cut in front of. But whatever, they noticed me and they noticed me enough from the gym to recognize me out of a crowd of millions of people. You see, and the point that I'm making is Disneyland is full of a lot of people. And I see people that look familiar all the time. I think, oh, do I know that person from somewhere? That person looks familiar. And I might even be staring at them in a line across the line going, Who do you, how do I know you? And I don't know them. You know what I mean? Or maybe I have seen them somewhere and I just don't know. And they don't, their brain, they don't stick in my brain. And I mean, very rarely have I seen somebody out of a crowd that I remembered. Okay, when I go to Disney World, there are people that work in the certain ride areas that I recognize because I've been there enough times that that person has come up on the ride again on their shift. You know, for example, on the Jungle Cruise. But the, that's not the point. The point is that a total stranger out of a million people would notice me at my gym and then at Disney World out of all those people like because I just think I'm a non-distinct person. You know, there's people from my gym that if I saw them somewhere else, I'd go, oh, you go to my gym. But I don't know if I would recognize them out of context in a crowd of a million people. I just don't know that they would stick in my brain that much and they might be dressed differently. You know what I mean? Or out of context. So, you know, um, that's the point I'm making is you just never know who is noticing you. And in my particular case, and I'm not bragging because believe me, I don't think that it's a I wish that it was a thing that I had more consciousness of and more control over 
because what I'm constantly shown by this uh, by this type of thing, this happens to me all the time, all the time. You know, people, didn't I see you there or this or that or don't you do, like people know everything I'm doing pretty much all the time. And you know, not when I'm at home alone, but it's a thing and it's a thing that has had an effect on my life throughout my life. You know, whereas I have enjoyed at certain points, I have enjoyed having a public image. You know what I mean? And I've been in control of the public image to a certain degree. And then there's been times when I wish to hell that I didn't have a public image at all. And at the point that I live now is I don't understand why I have a public image because I don't do anything in public, but people still, I'm still obviously noticed. And so the point that I'm making, which I've said three or four times now, is you just never know who's noticing you. You just don't know. You can't control it. And, you know, it's good to be aware that, yes, when I'm out in the world, I am a person who gets, who people notice and maybe will remember, regardless of whether or not I am aware of it in the moment or not. And so that's something to be aware of. And it's not something to change my actions necessarily because of, but it is definitely good to be aware of it. And yes, I have had stalkers in the past. I don't know what it is about. I have no idea what it is. It started when I was very, very young. And, you know, in the, when I was young, it was not a positive thing. And then I tried to turn it into a positive thing, thinking, well, if I'm going to be noticed, I may as well, you know, make fame out of it. And that didn't really work for me, kind of backfired. And because it was just too much all the time of having to be on. And then I retreated back into like a private world. And then I found out that I'm still noticed all the time. And I don't know if it's because of how I look or how I walk or talk. I have never known. I have never known. And it started, gosh, way back in like the second or third grade. You know, and it started with people pointing out different aspects of how I talked or walked or whatever. And there's nothing I could do to change any of it. So, and I wanted desperately to many, many times. So it's just a thing. I wanted to put it out there because today it really was interesting. I had this conversation with my friend where I said that you literally have to believe that people are listening in order to do an effective podcast. And then later that same day, I'm at my gym and a random person asked me, oh, were you at Disney World? Did you go on this ride? Like I was recognized out of a crowd, you know, at random, out of context, in a line at a ride where I just don't even know how I could be that noticeable. But uh, there you have it. Okay, so that takes care of my topic number one and my topic number three which was about when you were doing a radio or podcast, uh, because I, I've had a lot of compliments lately, and I don't want to, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. Believe me, trust me. If I ever sound like I'm bragging, it's only because I'm so not used to, um, I'm so not used to accepting like positive attributes like or things that I do well. I'm Dave Fremland, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremland Show. So when it finally, I get it in my head and I say, wow, I did this thing well, I'm not bragging. Trust me. Okay, I'm more like stunned. 
Okay, so that's basically the come from, so that you have the context. Um, but I've been getting some feedback, let's say that, lately, about my podcast. And, um, you know, the point that came to my mind, the, 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 the reason, if any, that I that my, I'm getting these this feedback from what I can gather is I think that what I explained to my friend is that you, you when you're on a podcast or you're in radio, you really have to have, you have to have a belief that somebody is listening to you and then you have to ask yourself if they're listening to me. Like, I don't know what about what I'm saying is the thing that attracts people to what I say. But if they're listening to me, then I have to have something to say. And I don't want to just babble frivolously about, you know, just whatever. I want to have meaning because, you know, the thing that I'm trying to do for me, what works for me, is I want to talk about a thing that I have experienced, positive or negative, that I have come out the other side of, positive or negative, and that that experience has in some way changed me or bettered me or worsened me. And I want to, A, I want with a only thing, I want to just put out there the the experience you don't even have it doesn't even have to be my experience so in fact some of the experiences i talk about are not mine some of them are actually like hypothetically other people that i sort of say in the first person so they're that to confuse you um but yeah i really talk from experience or like hypothetical experience and I really do it because I really think that if I struggled or somebody I know struggled and they got through it, then putting out how they got through it is really important because how I get through things is by hearing how other people did it. You know what I mean? Like I'm struggling with something and somebody tells me, well, I tried this and it worked. I'm willing to try it. You know, not everything works on everyone. But if you get 100 pieces of advice and 40% of them work, then you know, you're still ahead by 40%. So, um, you know, and that's better than going backwards. So I put it out there. I try to be honest. I try to talk about things in a way that are not, you know, so incredibly personal that everybody knows exactly where I went to dinner last night or whatever, but at least real enough to where that it makes sense. So that you can put it that way, because not everything I talk about is 100%. Like some are composite things. And the last thing I wanted to talk about in the last like two minutes is you might have noticed the change in my podcast time. And the reason is because my I've been getting up earlier. And I know I spent podcast after podcast talking about staying up late, staying up late, so hard to stay up late, try to force myself to stay up late, stay in bed late so I could stay up late. And then I started just waking up early at random. And I'm not taking back the initial advice that I gave. Okay, I'm not doing that. Because that advice at the time that I gave it was the thing that's working. But what you have to know about restless legs is that as soon as you get the thing working, and as soon as you think, wow, I'm cool, three nights in a row, the fourth night, something changed. Don't know what, don't know why. And, and you could talk to anybody with restless legs. They will tell you 
if they've had it long enough, they will tell you the same thing. So it changed. Uh, I still get it bad at a certain time of night at around 3 o'clock in the morning. That time hasn't changed. The time between like 8 and 10 p.m. still frustrating. Um, but what's now changed is I can't sleep late in the morning anymore. Pretty much ever since my dad died, I started getting up about 8 o'clock. I try to lay in bed, but I'm too anxious and restless in the morning to stay in bed. So I asked myself, according to the Dave Fremland experiential plan of how to deal with restless legs and all the things that I've learned over time. And, you know, I refuse to go on medications for it because it will not take me to a good place. And I asked myself, do I stubbornly insist on continuing to try to force myself to do it the same way that like right now staying in bed to 11, it's impossible. Or do I try to figure out what is the new pattern and then try to figure out a new pattern. And that's a, it's a screwed up thing. It's definitely screwed up. I don't enjoy it. It's uncomfortable. But this is the big but. It's a big but and it cannot lie. Here's the thing. If I fail to be able to adapt, then I'm the one who is making myself uncomfortable. And the discomfort is going to be whatever it is. It's going to be what it is. And all I can do is try to either force it to be something else or I can try to go, okay, well, today it's unpredictable. And as long as I don't set things for times of day that I can't commit to as far as making appointments then I think that I'm fairly safe with, you know, sort of going with it. But I'll tell you something. It is a very frustrating, I don't want to make it sound like roses and candy. All right. I really don't. Because I know if you if you have restless leg syndrome, you know what I'm talking about. It is not comfortable. And it, the frustration that goes with the discomfort and the attempts constantly to try to be comfortable is it's maddening maddening i mean it works out for me when i'm at disney world or when i'm someplace of great distraction and complete immersement immersion um but as soon as i get in like a sedentary place or something that doesn't have enough mental stimulation or physical like pedaling sort of movement there's just discomfort. And, you know, if you, I, I know if you have restless legs, I know, you know, I don't have to explain it. And the people that don't have restless legs, there's no way for me to explain to you what it's like. So if you don't have restless legs, what I want from you is just understand that the person next to you who has restless legs, it's not a joke. It is not a joke. And the people with restless legs have extremely high suicide rates, rates of depression, uh, self-harm, all the drug addiction, all these things because it is a very uncomfortable thing and a person will do anything they possibly can to to get rid of it. And if you can't, it's so it's just so you, it's, you lack of sleep. I'm uncomfortable. I can't sit still. I'm tired, you know. It's the very th things that cause people to be depressed.
And so, um, you know, it's a struggle. And if you are a person with restless legs, then you know what I'm talking about. Then I'm here to tell you to be the person who is trying it first. And you can listen to me or maybe you've tried it and it didn't work for you, whatever. But you can hear me try the thing and go through the experience and you can decide, do I really want to try that his way or do I want to do it my way? But I can tell you this, the medications, the dopamine agonist medications, the longer you take them, the worse it will be. Eventually, they will augment. They will. And when they augment, that's when you, I mean, I had augmentation for years. My, my plan <coughs> for augmentation was take more of the drug. And then when that stopped working, it was take another version of more of it. And then it was more of it plus another. And so I was on three different dopamine agonist medications and dopamine stimulating medications that completely destroyed my dopamine receptors and dopamine creators and dopamine uptake system. My whole, the whole dopamine process and other related nerve processes in my body are completely screwed up. And so, you know, I serotonin is back, you know, fine. But, you know, when one thing is off kilter, the other things, they try to compensate. So if your dopamine is low, then the other chemicals that work with dopamine, they try to like shuffle in a little extra here and there and they try to like make up for it and you end up off balance. And it's not good. But so restless leg syndrome, I'm putting it out there because when I got off the medications, I did a lot of research and I thought, gosh, this is going to be, I had a lot of support. And so the reason that I always, every day in my podcast, I talk a little bit at least about restless leg syndrome because it's a super duper important thing. And the really, the, there's only one way to sustainably correct the problem. And it's you have to accept varying levels of discomfort as being part of your life. And then you have to um, arrange accordingly and schedule accordingly. And so it's hard. It takes patience and, 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 and perseverance and imagination and creativity. And it takes support and guidance and, and all of that, all of it. And so that... You know, somebody asked me, what do I get out of doing my podcast? My greatest thrill is if somebody out there, especially if you're suffering from restless legs, especially if you're suffering from like addiction or depression, if something that I say goes to your brain and you go, oh, wow. You know, if this guy, if this guy can go through this, then I can do it. Or, wow, his idea you know, it's worth a try or I don't know what your thought might be, but if something I can say that helps another person, I don't want to even help. That's, I, I, I hate the idea that I could help somebody. If something that I could say, somebody else hears it and it, 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 it 
resonates to them for whatever reason and and they want to you know be stimulated by that to do whatever you know chain reaction follows it is gratifying to me and i don't know if anybody's out there in that situation that i'm for all i know i'm talking to thin air but in order to effectively do a podcast a radio show you have to have a belief that somebody's out there and that you have something to say you know the why, why why otherwise be talking and so that is my very brilliant and expertise information for today and i hope as usual that somebody gets something out of it and if not well then i hope you're laughing your ass off and i hope you have a great day okay thank you for listening bye bye The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.